Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. Hello, and welcome to a special sponsored episode of the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. This episode is sponsored by MCG Health. Prior authorization, as many of you are aware, is when a doctor or a healthcare provider has to obtain approval from a health insurer, a health plan, before providing a healthcare service to make sure that the payer will cover that service. Now, for many providers, the prior authorization transaction is very time consuming. It's a manual process which diverts valuable time away from actually, actually providing care to patients. According to one study, prior authorizations cost the U.S. healthcare system up to $30 billion a year. That is why I'm happy to have in the virtual studio today, Raj Gadavarthi, Associate VP of Technology and Interoperability, and Mary V. Lanter, Director of Product Management with MCG Health. Welcome, Raj and Mary v, and welcome listeners to a special episode of The Collective Voice, sponsored by MCG Health. I'm your host, Matthew Albright. My day job is Chief Legislative Affairs Officer for Zealous Payments, Z-E-L-I-S. Zealous's mission is to enable providers to simplify and save on their payments and claims. And this podcast is produced by Weedy. W-E-D-I Weedy is a national membership organization where the health information technology community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. Raj and Marivy, so very glad to have you here on The Collective Voice. Thank you, Matt. We are glad really to happy be here. As well. Good, good. So I'm excited about this, this conversation about prior authorization. What I'd like to start is, can you tell us a little bit about your, your own origin stories? Um, talking to two uh, healthcare leaders here. Uh, Maravi, I understand you started as a nurse, and now you seem to be on the technology side. And Raj, maybe you can tell us a bit about yourself as well. So Maravi, let's start with you. Fantastic. Thank you again. Um, I am a registered nurse by background, and I have um, uh, extensive experience in terms of population health management, as well as utilization management. Um, in my role here at MCG, and um, I am focused on product management, and what that really means is helping solve problems for clinicians um, in terms of making sure that they are levering te leveraging technology in the best way possible so that they can be the most efficient in delivering their care and in making care decisions um, that is the most appropriate for the patient or the member at hand. Um, that is my um, personal um, uh, goal, and um, MCG is, is definitely an avenue for me to be able to pursue that goal. I think, I think it's very exciting when we see somebody from the clinical side in the IT, because you were a user once, right? I, that's how I kind of think about it. And you actually had to use that technology in the, in the trenches, as it were, right? Absolutely right. And I have many friends that are today still users, and um, I am excited to be able to um, deliver innovation to them um, and help them um, get through um, the workload that they have to get through on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely. Raj? Uh, thanks, Matt. So I, I have a different background. I came totally from a software development background, but grafted into this healthcare domain eventually. I have been with MCG Health for 18 years, have been working on several solutions that um, 
provided you know different kinds of solutions to improve patient care for, through the payers and the providers uh, where we have delivered software solutions though my primary background heavily into technology over the years i have seen what does it mean to serve a patient and improve outcomes for the patient through everything we do no matter what it is end of the day it could be my my brother it could be my wife and my child so so leveraging the technology as marie said to produce a improved patient outcome through whatever the means mcg is using is the heart of everything we do here very good very good um and i like that idea of thinking about you know this is not just our relatives but ourselves right that we want the technology to work for ourselves um and i'm excited to hear about mcg i had no idea it uh, had been it's almost two decades old is that is that right yeah we have been um in existence since late 80s or early 90s so it's over 30 year old company right now very good very good all right so before we get there let's talk a little bit about prior authorization and what uh, the government's done on it lately so there is a cms uh, pending rule can you tell us a little bit of what that cms rule uh, would do uh, or what we're waiting on uh, to see that come to fruition sure um so cms has taken very active role in terms of enabling the technology in the same way so that the payers and providers eventually use technology as a means to communicate to reduce the burden and then eventually improve the patient outcomes so priority is one of the process that they have recognized uh at two or three years back they have created this committee called uh, drls documentation requirement lookup service committee and the very notion of that committee is to make sure providers have access to payers criteria for a certain procedure or diagnosis when they have created the committee their goal is to bring the industry together to create a standard so that providers exactly know what payers are looking for and reduce the burden through phones and faxes eventually that turned into um they they've created a department they said we need to do something about it at the same time in 2018 or so i think 2017 18 uh, hl7 devinshi is is a is a group that started totally by a, a group of privately stakeholders you know all these people are coming from commercial side this is not a, a driven initiative from government so this group came together and said we need to leverage technology to solve healthcare domain problems and they picked certain use cases that are very much aligned with what cms was thinking in terms of prior authorization so when the devinshi is a group of privately you know commercial business stakeholders uh, now we have about you know 50 of them in that in that come in the hl7 devinshi group and about 15 provider networks about 15 large payers so they came up with a blueprint a technology blueprint to say if you were to implement prior authorization between payer and provider this is how we should do it and their goal is to give a an architectural blueprint so that every provider payer is doing exactly the same thing hence a provider can talk to multiple payers a payer can talk to multiple providers that is the intent of this group so cms saw this specification and said this looks beautiful this is exactly what we are thinking about the drls committee and they have adopted that and they made that as a rule right so the rule is famously named as cms 9123 you know they they give a number for all their um the rules 
And it was released in last year with an intent that all the payers and providers should start using this technology, this blueprint for at least Medicaid and chip businesses. They wanted to start slow. They wanted to have you know payers, providers understand how this works before they take it to the, the Medicare Advantage plans. So the, the rule came and with a very specific description of how they should implement what this means to a patient eventually. How, how should this improve an outcome? How should they reduce the turnaround times using technology? So they have specified all those things very eloquently and a lot of industry you know, uh, supported you know, the thought process there uh, right now, it is under frozen because of the new administration is reviewing um, because it was kind of rushed towards the end of the last administration. So we expect that to come back anytime. This is, of course, in direct response to market feedback, provider abrasion. Um, so this is not a new story. You've stated this before. Prior authorization is a very onerous task on the provider side. Um, and while... Um, the rule pertains initially to the Medicaid line of business. Um, really, there is already market response again to say, why are we not also considering the Medicare and Medicare Advantage lines of business? Because essentially that now allows for um, standardization across the board. So it doesn't, um, it no longer matters you know, I don't have to do the mental gymnastics of I do one thing for this line of business, I do a different thing for another line of business. And in turn, um, as we alleviate the provider abrasion, that also then alleviates the burden um, on the payers as they begin to receive um, the authorization responses that have what they expect to have because payers are made to be transparent in terms of their expectations for authorization. I, I think that's a great point. And, and Mary V, maybe you can tell, talk a little bit more about that. We, we think about this prior authorization as uh, a provider issue and a provider burden, but talk about the payer side a little bit too and, and what the advantages uh, for a payers to, to move in this direction might be. Absolutely. So payers today already leverage medical policies and leverage um, criteria and guidelines, right, um, that are um, independent, unbiased in order to make medical necessity decisions and to make approval or otherwise, you know, decisions around these requests. Um, when a request is coming from a provider today um, that might be coming through a fax or um, an entry through a provider portal. And one of the biggest challenges that we hear from our payer customers is when they receive data from providers, it is often not the right set of data, not the right amount of data. And there is a tremendous back and forth that happens in terms of if you just, if we just had the right information, we could have made a decision very quickly and rendered that decision very quickly to you. And that's really the efficiency that can be gained once we achieve um, what the rule um, has set out. And um, again, um, what the industry is setting out to do in terms of standardizing the transaction. And first step is being able to answer, is an author uh, authorization required for this type of procedure um, or this type of um, treatment? Uh, and then the next thing is, 
um, when an authorization is required, what is the documentation requirement? So what are the things that I need to submit as a provider? Because today they're having to guess. Um, and sometimes, or maybe many times, they guess in the wrong way. And when they guess in the wrong way, that's when the cycle begins. Um, and in turn, it causes burden on both payers and providers, but there's a third entity that's affected and that's the patient that's in the middle of this transaction. They have to sit there and wait while they have a diagnosis, some type of treatment that they know they have to um, um, uh, undergo. They're waiting for that response and that transaction to happen. What if we can transform that? What if um, through standardized um, or standards-based transactions, um, we can make that happen very quickly so that um, providers can carry on with their treatment plan and members and patients um, can receive the treatment in, a, in the most timely manner. I love how you keep bringing it back to the patient. I think that's that's huge. And I think um, even though uh, many of us as as patients may not know that that this thing is called prior authorization, I think uh, many of us had have had that uh, problem where we're waiting on a service and we've hooked up with the doctor and everything's going well and we're just waiting for a response to see uh, whether it's uh, covered. Uh, pulling back just a little bit, I'm interested in, on your viewpoint on this. Uh, da Vinci Project is very exciting from kind of a how you should run the government and how regulations should be written, right? Because here we've got industry coming together, many different stakeholders are often not in the same room together. They come up with what works best. And then the government picks up on that and says, that looks good. That looks, and you've, you've tested it. So let's make that a rule for everybody. Do you feel like, um, and maybe this is po political philosophy, but do you feel like you really do need the government ultimately to require a standard for it really to be effective? Uh, or do you think voluntarily asking industry to voluntarily adopt these standards um, can happen eventually? I'm just interested in that tension between voluntarily adopting a standard and, and, and waiting for the government entity to pass it. I do think the healthcare domain came to a point, enough is enough. When you think about $30 billion, when you think about a personal story of my own, my wife last year, after 15 years of chronic back pain, finally doctor said, you have to take care of this through surgery. There is no other means. It got so worse. And, and the day before the surgery, what we got is, it's not approved, it's denied. So oh. after doing all the 15 years of therapy, it's not like we are asking for the surgery in the next month after first time experiencing the pain. So when I've seen that letter, and then within 24 hours, I got another letter, it's been approved. So I know what it means, right, I, it personally. And this is happening for everything lately. And I do understand the burden. So when you think about $30 billion, when you think about people, lives related to that, they came to a point, everybody understood this is a problem. I don't think Nobody is interested to solve this because it's a huge undertaking for anybody to do it. This is where government can help them. This is, this is going to cost millions of dollars for payers and providers. And government needs to step in and say, we are here to support you, not just regulation and governance. We are going to help you as well as you take this burden. So in that context, I, I think we need some sort of governance here, not to be too prescriptive, but to encourage them. 
Very the market good. is the market is ready. The government accelerates that readiness to take us to the next level of action. Very good. That's very helpful. Thank you. And, and you you paint quite a picture. So let's talk about um, MCG. Uh, tell me a little bit about the company, Meravi, and what are, you all are working on in this space. You know, as Raj had pointed out, MCG has been a trusted partner of many providers and payers um, since the early 80s, right? Um, and what we provide is unbiased um, decision support, unbiased care guidance in terms of um, authorization for procedure, authorization for emergent admissions, um, authorization for um, um, you know, the next lower level of care, home care versus skilled nursing facility versus inpatient rehab. Um, and so many of our customers, um, many payers and many providers already rely on MCG today um, to help make that decision of, is it this or that? In terms of um, the work that we are doing today to elevate the experience and to elevate the transaction of prior authorization, we have leveraged um, we have leveraged um, artificial intelligence and we have leveraged um, uh, technologies such as natural language processing, enable in in order to make the process or the work of articulating why a certain procedure or why a certain treatment is medically necessary um, in order to make the work easy for the provider and also in order for make uh, in order to make the work easy for the payer to see exactly what is happening um, in terms of historic information and current information about that member so that again that decision can be rendered um, and in and at some point, these decisions can be rendered um, without human touch. I like that. I, I like that. That's the dream. So, so tell me, tell me about that. Actually, I mean, uh, uh, I know uh, part of that. I mean, without human touch, we're talking about artificial. In, you mentioned artificial intelligence. Uh, very sexy subject. How does it work in this? How how would it work in this in this context? So if you think about, uh, as we are saying, technology, leveraged technology, if you think about a payer, payer already knows quite a bit about a lot of patients. They have claims history. They have all the information about the things they have approved because of the labs, because of the prognosis and things like that. So when you think about a payer, payer says that for some cases I have enough. I don't need to ask them anything. All I need is give me enough context of the patient from the EMR I will run everything behind the screens and I can tell I have everything I need. So if you think about, you know, patients dealing with cancer, some, you know, immediate therapies they would need, some of our payers says, I don't need any criteria. I just need to know what is their next thing because I know already they're going through this therapy. So there are certain cases where payers can certainly make decisions based on the history they have. How does that work? When the request comes from EMR for a certain you know, diagnosis or procedure, payers are calling the member's history, you know, machine learning solution to say, what do you think about this patient? Should I approve it or not based on the history of the patient? So payers are developing the solutions based on the data they have. We are helping them to develop the solutions to based on the history they have so that you're not asking anything from the provider. When you come to the provider side, 
if the providers are documenting everything in the EMR, that gives them a structured data to the payer. When payer gets all that information uh, from the provider, in addition to the criteria, they get the vitals, labs, observations, history, problems. All this information in the DaVinci world is a fire standard. It's a structured data. What the structured data can do in the technology is a magic. The structured data enables the artificial intelligence algorithms versus you take a PDF and you do technology to read the text. It is not as effective as the structured data. So by these two means, what MCG is looking is to reduce the burden for the providers, ask very minimum because their time is important for patient. Don't show all these screens, all the criteria, all the button clicks, all that stuff. If they have documented clinical context and if you have everything, they should see nothing. The request comes in, the next thing is it's approved or pended or denied. They should have a decision rather than I need more, I need more. Great. So, so let me ask you, um, Da Vinci uh, Project came up with the standards. Uh, government is is working on it, right? They're they're thinking it through. Um, and certainly, Da Vinci had people in the room who were uh, companies in the room that were testing this and working this out. You're talking about something that is actually going on right now. So you've got clients and you've got uh, payers and providers who are doing this, and and you actually do have a uh, um, examples of maybe non-touch, no human touch. Uh, prior authorization. Is that right? As, so we're not talking about a future state once the government passes this. This is going on at least on a small scale right now. Is that right? That's right. And um, today we have customers, um, uh, for instance, in our Ohio market um, that are already submitting transactions between a large academic um, uh, hospital system to a regional payer within within the, the Ohio market. Um, and they are able to reduce the time and the back and forth. Um, and, you know, to be transparent, it's not everything is automatically approved, but when things are automatically approved, all of that is logged right back into the medical record on the hospital side so that there is very minimal follow-up and follow-through that has to happen. In situations where um, the authorization is not approved, um, the provider side is very aware of the status and is very aware of the next steps that they have to do and transact through the same mechanism. Um, Raj, you might want to share a little bit more about um, other pilots that we are working on as well. Yeah, one of the reasons we got so excited about the, the solution to the market is uh, over the last two years, we have worked with Epics and Cerners and a lot of Blue Cross Blue Shield organizations of different states because everybody interested to solve this problem. So we have created several, several pilot studies. What does it look like for uh, a procedure like bariatric surgery, right? If that is your most common high volume request in your state, and what does it take to do today with your utilization management process versus if I get all these clinical stats and if I get all this information from EMR, could you automate that process on your side, eliminate the manual review? So when we approach our payers, we look at, you know, what does it take to implement for them in their context to reduce the burden for them? So we have done several pilot studies. And now we are working with a customer and a couple of provider networks to implement those solutions in real time. It's probably next couple of months we'll bring some of those numbers to back to the VD group 
but it is real. We have they have selected the high volume transactions. They have selected that if I have this information from the EMR, you know, structured data or unstructured, I will have enough to automate the decision on my side. I think that's very exciting. I mean, and if I was a provider, I think that was very exciting. Like someday I get to actually retire the fax machine, right? I don't even know <laughs> where they get ink for it anymore. So I think that's terrific. Um, so given that, um, and let's assume, you know, I think uh, you're right. Uh, certainly interoperability in general and prior authorization, it's not a partisan issue. It's got bipartisan support. Uh, both all three of the past three administrations have supported it. Uh, so I, I think it's all going to pass. But where do you see, you know, prior authorization or, or even what you're working on more broadly with DaVinci? Uh, where do you see healthcare in the next uh, five to 10 years? Uh, do you think we'll be uh, at a place uh, where uh, uh, prior authorization, at least for the the the, the services that are used the most, uh, required the most, do you think we'll be at a point where it'll be non-touch, uh, or do you think we've got a, a lot of uh, a lot of work to do on uh, throughout the system? You know, MCG has a huge customer base on both payer and provider side. You know, I believe that 15 out of 20 large payers use MCG solutions. Every renewal discussion we had with the next big payer, their first topic is that, do you have an automated solution for my prior auth? We believe not only that there's a market buzz, every discussion about a sale or renewal is not going without a discussion about automation strategy. And that is a prerequisite for them to even renew our current solutions. So it's not a matter of, you know, if, it's a matter of when. In the next five years, what would happen is the organizations that are agile and want to innovate, they will take the steps, the baby steps. This is a very difficult problem to solve. They will take a baby steps to understand what does it take to solve for my high volume transactions, my top five, my top 10. You cannot shake up the whole boat until you solve a small portion of the problem. We encourage our payers and providers to do the same. After five years to the 10 years, that's when the organizations will, organizations will accelerate, not only from these learnings, but the technology is maturing. Organizational awareness is maturing. Organizational budget process to invest in these technologies is maturing. There is a proliferation of artificial intelligence solutions as well. So it is a combination of things that need to happen in the next five years to accelerate for the following five years. To give you an example, back in 2001, when, uh, when we had the Y2K after recession, people sold mobile apps before they even had bandwidth to operate. That's the reason the market is crashed. So now we, we don't even think about bandwidth. We take it for granted. We don't want to oversell prior auth unless you solve certain you know, fundamental problems of network before you accelerate. So that's the key for the first five years and next five years. Very interesting, very interesting. You laid out quite a plan. Um, terrific. So um, any other things you want to point out about what MCG is working on? Go ahead, Mary. I think uh, we can talk about the overall provider payer. How do we bring it all together? You know, Raj, you know, when you did bring up, you know, payers are asking us about these things. The corollary of it, this will never work. If only one side demands a solution, the other side, it's one hand clapping, right? So the corollary of it is that we have providers that are equally excited to say, who are you working with? 
how can we get on board? Because we want to start using this technology. We want to start leveraging our EHRs and we want to start unlocking the data that is already in the record and be able to submit that to the payer and get a decision immediately um, because, um, because the standards are there um, and because it can be trusted by the payer. Um, the exciting thing is that we already have providers using the same, um, again, artificial intelligence um, uh, technology in order to help them with their day-to-day -day work today, bringing these two parties together to say, extending it to say, um, we will support the transaction and we will be able to give you the responses in terms of, um, uh, again, the standards that are put out um, through the implementation guides um, is exciting, I believe, to both sides as well as even to our partners. So our, our uh, both our EHR partners, as well as our um, uh, our payer medical management system and care management system partners, um, are excited to partner with us um, with this technology because um, what MCG brings to the table is again um, a smarter set of guidelines, guidelines that are now. Um, going beyond just paper and um, really being able to reach into the EHR and unlock the data that's in the EHR to help both sides make the right decisions for their um, for their patients. So, so excited to um, deliver that to the market. Um, and we foresee that in the next five years, we will achieve that touchless vision that we are talking about. That's terrific. When I, when I think about what the providers have been through with the EHRs, right, since meaningful use, it's been over two decades of like investing lots of resources, a lots of money, time, training, right, building a whole infrastructure. It feels like it's a it's an athlete who's been training for years and now the game is really going to start. Like they actually get to use all these tools and what they've been doing to see some real savings, to see some real time. Uh, time cut down and, and to see some real improvement for uh, patient care, right? That's what I'm seeing. Exactly right. I, I think that's great. So uh, before we leave, uh, we want to give the listeners uh, any uh, links or point them to any resources, either with MCG or DaVinci, uh, any presentations or something else uh, that maybe listeners can get more information about this and get more information about the whole uh, whole context. Yeah, uh, sure, sure, Matt. I think over the past one year, MCG has done several webinars. You know, one of the webinars uh, attended by more than 1,000 people when we started it. Uh, every month we had done several webinars to bring awareness on this topic for different payers and providers, and then to provide them the, the level of organizational readiness you need to have to undertake this kind of project. And we have even had some of our payers and providers um, panel discussions to talk from their perspective how they're doing it um, for the first implementation. So there's a wealth of knowledge. If you go to mcg.com and webinars, you will see uh, several webinars on utilization management, prior auth, and DevNC. And we also wrote a bunch of blogs. I know everybody's busy, so the blogs will give you a clear cut what exactly this means to a payer, provider, partner, vendor, and we have done that as well. And we are planning to do one every month. So, so everything is under the webinars and mcg.com. And also, if you have any questions, please send an email to burdenreduction at mcg.com. Burdenreduction at mcg.com. We are happy to answer any of your questions. 
Very good. Very good. I think um, I think that's very exciting. I, I love the idea that you've got user stories that actually you've got the clients that are talking about how it's actually working in their in their backyard. So terrific. Any closing ideas, closing thoughts for our listeners? The one thought I would leave with um, is that MCG is so uniquely positioned to solve this problem than anybody else. Uh, as, as one of the studies that we have nine largest players of US with the network of 2,250 hospitals, right? And we have a huge provider solution market already using MCG software solutions to provide payers. This is why you need to pay us. This is why you need to approve us. We have large payer network already using our guidance to you know, solve these problems as well from their side for utilization management. So we are uniquely situated already having these solutions in place. Now we are building this bridge between payers and providers using the standards. So we are not building from scratch. So we believe we, we are on that edge to provide the bridge and bring that value to the patient outcomes. Very good. Well, thank you. This, this has been a great discussion about MCG and prior authorization with Raj Gadavarthi, Associate Vice President of Technology and Interoperability, and Marivi Lanter, Director of Product Management. Marivi and Raj, happy to have you on your show. Great, to, great that you could come on today. Thanks, Matt. This has been a special sponsored episode of the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast sponsored by MCG Health. Remember, Weedy is where the health information technology community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. Find this episode and many more on our website, weedy.org. Thank you all for joining us and be safe.